What number is this, Chip? Where do you want to start, kid? All right, I'm going to do my silly thing at the beginning. Zilch188, Andrew Sandoval. Boy, there's a lot of stuff going on from Beatland Books, 7A, and so much more. And some guy named Mickey Dolans. Right, Andrew? That's right. A whole bunch of Mickey news coming right at you. <laughs> okay, no, I mean, don't get excited, man. It's because I'm short, I know. You're listening to Zilch, a monkey's podcast. Welcome back to Zilch, your podcast full of monkeys. I am Ken Mills, your host here today, and I am joined by the illustrious, the effervescent and stylish Andrew Sandoval. <laughs> Hi, Ken. Pleasure to be back with you and, and happy that you are back on the air with some new news for monkeys fans. I know everybody's been eagerly awaiting something new. Yes. As of last night, the whispers started. Uh, <laughs> you really cannot get anything past monkeys fans and you really can't get anything past rem fans but we'll we'll talk about that uh, <laughs> it's been an interesting 12 hours or so uh as of this recording uh by the time you're hearing this a week or so has gone by since the first whispers but here we are to bring you all this news andrew it is always great to have you here there's a lot going on with you as well yeah, there's a ton going on, and, and almost all of it centers around Mickey in some form, uh, which is wonderful. Mickey, uh, as many of the Zilch listeners know, Mickey has a book that is now complete, and I have information that it's available right now as you're listening to this for pre-order at BeatlandBooks.com. You can go there. Like the Monkeys book that I put out uh, two years ago, it's available in three different editions. There's the Super Deluxe Edition that comes with five photo prints. Each one is hand-signed, not auto-pen, but I actually made a film of Mickey signing the books so people know it's the real thing, and they're hand-numbered, and it's in a big uh, – it's a 500-page book, 12 by 12, could fit next to your records, and the Super Deluxe is in a big oversized clamshell case, black one. There's some videos and pictures of it on my site and Mickey holding it, and in the book, it's over 1,200 images that Mickey took, and people are going to say, well, 1,200 images. I mean, you know, Mickey was famous for taking pictures of, of insects and fire hydrants and other things. So I was the editor on the book, and, and I went through the book by hand and numbered by hand exactly. Well, how many photos are in here? 1,240 images. There are reproductions of 182 documents. There's 498 pictures of Mickey himself from his archives. Most of these are all previously unpublished and certainly very rare. 168 pictures of Michael Nesmith, 159 pictures of Peter Tork, 215 pictures of Davy Jones. And you'll wonder, well, why are there more pictures of Davy Jones? Well, the book spans from 1945 to late 77, early 78, when Mickey moved to England. And if you recall, Mickey, after the monkeys, was in Dolan Jones' Voice and Heart with Davy, which is – there's a bunch of pictures of that, and was also in The Point and Tom Sawyer and – 
and some of those things. So there are pictures of all those, and that's why Davey gets a bit more coverage than Mike and Peter. And the monkeys themselves, as a group, are only pictured together about 10 times in the book. It's mostly pictures of uh, Mickey taking pictures of them individually or in groups, primarily from the 1967 tour. Um, you know, there were a handful of photos published in 1967 in 16 Magazine in black and white. I found all of the original color negatives for those. Mickey also had his secret snaps book that came out, and that was all printed off of dupes of uh, photo prints. And I went back to the original negatives, and my good friend Gary Strobel, who's known to many, many of the Monkees fans, helped me restore and uh, uh, get all of the information off of these original negatives that I found of Mickey's. And I'm so grateful to him uh, for his help in this book. And so it's a lot of those photos, but as you've never seen them before, and hundreds more. I mean, if you like other people besides the monkeys, I know we just like the monkeys, but there's 31 photos of, of the Jimi Hendrix, uh, Jimi Hendrix and the Jimi Hendrix experience, most of which are unpublished. There's tons of photos of Harry Nilsson, Buffalo Springfield, Mickey playing with Buffalo Springfield. He went and shot Otis Redding. He shot Jerry Lee Lewis, Little Richard, Fats Domino on the set of 33 and a Third. His 33 and a Third photos are unbelievably great. Beautiful images of Michael, uh, David, and Peter from those. And then also shots from his home movies. There's uh, you know still images, screen grabs of those. It's a really incredible overview of his of his life the first part of his life it really is something and one thing i want to point out is that this set will be available for shipping on december 6 2023 but th there's something that folks might want to jump on and that is the pre-order prices for each of these packages for example, the Super Deluxe Edition, the pre-order price for that is $300, but once the pre-order period ends, the books will be $325. So you're going to see that it's worth your time to, uh, get on, to get in on this as soon as possible. The Deluxe Edition pre-order price is $200, and again, once the pre-order period ends, books will be $225. And the Flexi-Bound Open Edition is $75 and that will go up to 100. So you definitely want to jump on this as soon as possible, reserve it, get in there before that uh, slide shut on you. <laughs> yeah, I would assume that we're going to operate with these pre-order prices for the first month, um, see and see where we're going with it. I will guarantee that we'll try and, you know, hopefully have a book for everybody like I did with the Monkeys book. And I'm hoping that we're all going to be shipping these prior to December 6th, but this was December 6th was the date I was given by the manufacturer and the shipping warehouse using the same fulfillment team that I did for the last book because most mostly we were all very happy with that. And um, I have some other big news, which is that for a lot of people, you know, they didn't have the money at the time or they waited or they thought it would be around forever, even though I said limited edition, limited edition, and I really meant it. <laughs> but my monkey's book, I, you know, I said I will never print the hardback versions of the book again, and I'm keeping my word, and that will be my word for, for good. But I have made a small quantity, or I'm planning to make a small quantity of the FlexiBound Open Edition, which now goes on eBay for anywhere from 250 to a thousand dollars. You can look at the the complete uh, items, but I'm going to be selling them for a hundred dollars each. 
and um, that's the pre-order price. Uh, once the pre-order is over, it's going to go up to one twenty-five. Um, the book originally was seventy-five dollars, I think, on the pre-order two years ago, but unfortunately, it's costing more to make it now than it did two years ago. Surprise, surprise! You know, everything's gone up a little bit, and I just have to deal with that. And I know these books are pricey, but they are also very meaningful and go over over and above to try and make something that's unique that no one in their right mind would make who wasn't a monkeys fan. Well, it's just a phenomenon that definitely affects the monkeys fans. They, they'll look at something and it, they get very excited. Then they see the price, they get a bit of a sticker shock. Then they decide to wait. And then it goes on eBay for a lot more than, <laughs> than it was uh, originally put out for. And then they want it. You know what I mean? So this is your chance to get in on something that you might have missed the last time around. And this uh, really cool book, I'm Told I Had a Good Time, the Mickey Dolan's Archives, Volume 1, right? Volume 1, yeah. I mean, Mickey has so much stuff. There is there's stuff we had to, you know, we couldn't even make, in, make into this. And every time I go to his space uh, where he stores the stuff, I find new things. So it's been, it was a multi-year excavation of this stuff. It was kind of interesting. I say in my introduction that I was on tour with Mike and Mickey in Australia, and we were in an airport lounge waiting for the, um, for a plane. And Mickey approached me and he said, you know, Andrew, I think it's time that all my old films I've talked about for years with people in interviews, oh, I got film of this and film of that. I should really get all those transferred before they, you know, just disintegrate. You know, can you do that for me? And I said, sure. So what happened was uh, I went, he's, when we got back from the tour a couple weeks later, he's like, okay, I want to get this done. So I drove out about an hour from where I live to close to where Mickey's at. And he took me to a space I'd never been to. I mean, I'd known the guy for 30 something years and he never told me he had this other space and he had the film cans out. He's like, okay, here's what I want you to work on. These are the films. And for most people, they'd be excited enough. Okay, here's all of Mickey's films. He wants me to get them all transferred to HD, going to do that. But I saw all these other boxes. <laughs> I was like, what's in those? And he's like, oh, don't look at those. Uh, you have to focus on the films. And I said, okay. But there were like, they, they, they said photos here, photos, you know, records. There was acetates. There's reel-to-reel tapes. There's all kinds of stuff. I'm like, what's all this stuff? And so I had to go multiple times. I said, Mickey, what's in that, you know? Well, if you finish all this stuff, maybe I'll let you look at that stuff. So I ha it, it's his personal stuff. So I followed through as I as I do, and I got it all done for him. And I said, finally, you know, can I see at least what's in the, that box? And the first box I opened up, it was just like a treasure trove of stuff. And it's just crazy the sort of stuff that he saved. I mean, you know, I found crumpled up in the bottom of a box three different drafts of Randy Skousekit that he had written in England – uh, when he went to visit England for the first time in 1967 to see the Beatles, he bought, you know, they used to have music weekly newspapers there like the Melody Maker and uh, Disc and Music Echo and New Musical Express. He he bought his and saved them, and he had been using his in his hotel room to paint on top of using his like a drop cloth, and he had colored in the Beatles, and so we reproduced all that. Wow. And he 
I went to a, a box and I found a pair of Ringo's drumsticks that were, you know, labeled Ringo Starr, Dallas Arbiter. And I thought, oh, you know, did he get these in the all-star days or something later on? Cause he's known Ringo forever. And then I had a uh, Beatles expert uh, look at these and they said, oh no, those are, those are late 1960s sticks that Ringo was using. So he got them. There's a picture of Ringo's sticks that he got. Um, he saved the Beatles concert ticket that, uh, when the four monkeys went to see the Beatles before at their next to last ever concert before they were, you know, before they were the monkeys known to the public, they went to see the Beatles together. Uh, he is his reel to reel of revolver is in there that he listened to because he loved reel to reel tapes and a big collection of those. And uh, and then all kinds of other things, telegrams and all kinds of paperwork. And sometimes it would be stuff that didn't wasn't even his like that belonged to the other guys and you know he started taking a camera on the set he's got color photos from the pilot he's got color, uh, black and white photos of them doing a whole sequence from uh, a romp sequence that's never shown up in any of the shows um you know extensively on the concert tour we all know that they were shooting photos he shot so many rolls of photography i mean there's probably 500 images from 1967 alone that's the bulk of the book uh, if you're wondering, you know, what's in this book? Do I really want, you know, uh, you know, 500 pages of Circus Boy? Well, there's there's great Circus Boy photos in here too, <laughs> and stuff from Peyton Place and stuff from Mickey and the One Nighters, color photos of him with his first band, the first ever receipt for uh, his uh, the first time he got pl paid to play out of town, uh, the you know what he got paid. Um, you know, sheet music for his unreleased single he did with Coco, uh, Doomed to War. I mean, there's all kinds of crazy stuff that you wouldn't even think existed that he saved. And into the 70s, there's incredible stuff from his movies that he made, uh, you know, the, the the theatrical movies and also his home movies. And then the, the, the Hollywood Vampires uh, baseball team, pictures of Peter and Davey in their, their baseball costumes from 1975, uh, you know. All kinds of crazy, amazing stuff. You know, it's what I learned from the Monkeys book was a lot of people. It was so dense with information, but a lot of people really appreciated the visuals that you got a visual history of the Monkeys, in addition to all of the dense information. So I decided to make this book more primarily a visual book. So literally every page is photos. It's not a heavy text book. Uh, Mickey went through all of the photos several times. We did 20 hours of new interviews. He commented on um, uh, on everything that he could, and he went back over all of it and made further comments. And so that's that's what the text is of the book. It's all his, from his own words. And uh, I'm excited about that. The deluxe edition is very similar to the super deluxe. It is a hardback book. It is signed. It's one, one of 500. Uh, there, there's a thousand of the super deluxes. And then the softbound, we're going to make as many as we get pre-orders for. And then, you know, we might make a few extras and uh, like we did with the monkeys and then it'll be gone. Wow. That is a lot. You have been very busy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then Mickey has a new EP coming out, which everybody seems to know about now, too. Yeah, that uh, that that whisper turned into a shout. Uh, <laughs> very rapidly and um, I've been lucky enough to hear some of it and I saw a video that is coming out that uh, you'll probably be able to see right about now Yeah, and it is an amazing piece of work that you've done there 
Um, first off, let's talk a little bit about how uh, the book's publication is directly coinciding with uh, Mickey's first new recording in two years, an EP entitled Dolan Sings R.E.M. And no, I did not make a mistake. It's absolutely the truth. Uh, it's been whispered about for a long time, and it is finally going to happen. It's going to be an EP of four songs from the catalog of Athens, Georgia's finest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and there's a very cool promo film that you'll be able to see on YouTube and on your site as well, I'm sure. Yes. And it is for shiny, happy people. And I did not know what to expect when I saw it, but I'm going to tell you that it made me feel all kinds of good. It made me feel happy. You literally see Mickey Dolan's life pretty much there. It's really nice. I mean, uh, I got to put it together from uh, hundreds, well, not hundreds, but, you know, dozens of hours of, of the home movie footage. The first part of the book project was was uh, transferring all this stuff. So got to see that and um, get to know it. And we've used some of it in these monkey celebration shows that we've done. And we have a couple coming up. We're still doing the final ones in California. Uh, if you're in California and you've been sitting on the fence, oh, I don't know, maybe next year. Well, we're not doing the headquarters thing next year. We certainly don't have any monkey celebrations coming up. So come on out if you want to see Mickey do headquarters and do the, all the monkey songs. But um, the video itself is comprised of his family movies going back to when he was very young and uh, some wonderful stuff also from the 70s in there. Uh, it's it's a really joyful thing and less involved in this record than uh, the Dolan Sings Nesmith, but I'm only really just involved in this video part of it. Uh, was there any certain moments that you felt that you had to get and get in there? And was there anything that you felt like, oh, I wish I could have got that in there? Uh, there wasn't anything that uh, that I, I wish I could have gotten in there. I mean, the one thing from Mickey was that he didn't, because this was strictly a project with just himself, Coco, a Christian, and it sounds like Cersei's on the record, too, uh, that he didn't want the other monkeys in the video because he didn't want people to be misled thinking it was a monkeys project. And and certainly his book has a lot of monkeys in it, but, you know, it, it's Mickey's book. So um, so that was his only mandate to me. And then it was, well, it should end with me hang gliding. <laughs> you know, he gave me he did give me direction and he's the co-director on on the uh, on the clip. And he certainly shot a lot of it himself, too. So uh, that was that was the thing. I mean, but it's wonderful. You get to see his, his dad and you get to see uh, his mom and you get to see some of his dogs, including uh, Midji Kojo is in there, um, uh, who is identified in the book a few times. And that's obviously the dog that inspired the name for the Frodus Caper, the alternate name. And also he uh, he dedicated the Birds, Bees and the Monkeys, uh, his section of it to his dog who had passed away around early 68. So um you get a lot of, of the background and him playing on the grass to those kids. That's 1970 in Illinois uh, when he was out to do uh, Remains to be Seen, the play at the Pheasant Run. And that was probably shot by Samantha. Uh, you also see Amy Dolan's going around on her little uh, scooter there and in there and all sorts of wonderful family stuff. It is definitely a treasure to be able to see, and it very it really touches your heart as a fan. And the record itself, I think I'm going to give you the scoop because it was funny. When Mickey was autographing 
they he had to autograph these signature panels each mm-hmm. book he's not because the books are so large he's not autographing each book as they come in there they send all the signature pages out and then i supervised and took a video of him signing each one of the books and then they bind them into the books and number them so mm-hmm. um while he was there, he started telling me about the REM thing and, and how um, he wanted a promo film. And and that's when I said, well, I think I can make one for you. And he said, oh, great. You really think you can do that? And I said, yes. So so I made him that, and he's been happy. But I said, he's like, I, I mentioned to him, you know, that the, this was all Gary Strobel's idea, more or less. And he's like, no. What, what did, what's, what's that about? Well, what happened was that a few years back, um, Gary had gotten an email from Bob Rafelson, and it was a it was a link to YouTube with the promo film REM's promo film for Shiny Happy People. And he said, "Look, look at how many millions of people have looked at this, and they said that this song was inspired by the Monkees. Isn't this amazing?" And when Bob died, Gary thought that it would be important that maybe Mickey could sing that song. Uh, and do a new version of it because of the connection. And so he went to Glenn at 7A, and I think Glenn went to Christian, and then they concocted the REM EP, which is in the style of the Dolan Saints Nesmith because Christian has done more wonderful reimagining and interesting arrangements, beautiful production from Christian on this EP. And um, But that's the genesis. It comes from Bob Rafelson to Gary Strobel, to 7a and then through to mickey and christian it's really uh it's still in the in you know people say well why is he doing rem well it's it comes from the creator of the monkeys <laughs> it's an amazing story really wow that is very cool and you know rem loves the monkeys they do whether it's their involvement on christmas party uh monkeys christmas party album or minus Five, you know, that group, which is literally a tribute to the monkeys at some point. Yeah. And they've mentioned in interviews, Michael Stipe has went on record and said that Shiny Happy People definitely was written with the, that monkeys vibe and feel in mind. And here's a little bit of R.E.M.'s cred as if they needed it. Here is R.E.M. covering the monkeys with Steppenstone. Stone. <laughs> First I met you, girl, you didn't have any shoes. Now you're walking well out for a baby. You have a Cadillac of friends you choose. You won't catch me in your fucking head. I'm not your stepping dog. I'm not your stepping dog. Let's listen to a little bit right now of Shiny Happy People with Mickey Dolans from Mickey Dolans Sings R.E.M. Shiny happy people holding hands. Shiny 
And on this track, you hear Christian Nesmith and then the voice of Coco Dolans. And I was so thrilled to hear Coco's voice. It, yeah. It was just wonderful. And the images that you've chosen to use, I mean, you've got everything from when he was a kid right up to him playing guitar for people to the hang gliding stuff. It's all excellent. And I can't wait for folks to see this on YouTube. It is, it is definitely worth your time. I feel that this is like some sort of weird retribution for me. Okay. Because <laughs> I feel that pull it should have been done instead of the style of Miami sound machine or whatever pool it was should have been done in the style of R.E.M. because that was that was big at the time. It was. And it would have fit the monkeys sound a lot better. The jangly guitars, Rickenbackers, you know, Gretches. Yeah, it really would have, Ken. I totally agree. And that's what I was expecting when I when I went to the store in 1987 and bought Pool It. I think we all were. Well, it was funny because Harold Bronson was at – I went – I bought my copy at the Rhino Record Store. They used to have their, a store, and I used to work there uh, like about a year or two after Pula came out. I was working there. But Harold Bronson was in the, in the store and when I bought it, and um, he was like, well, it sounds good on headphones. <laughs> but I was – I said, oh, I'm so excited because Roger Bacharian is one of my favorite producers. He produced uh, – I co-produced Squeeze's East Side Story. He produced The Undertones, or one of my favorite groups, and he engineered all the great Elvis Costello records and a bunch of other things. And he's a wonderful, very nice man too in present today form as well. But it's a total mystery how they ended up with that, that record because it's uh, – you know – they want it to be contemporary, and I think the same thing happened with Justice. And I know there's a lot of fans of Justice, so I'm not going to you know, win over any people with my argument. But when we did Good Times, we decided we would do things more in the style of the original Monkees records, which was more similar to what R.E.M. and Elvis Costello and Squeeze and all – XTC and all these people who we you know, got to, to write songs for the record. That It was more in that style anyway. But the Monkees really – weren't so sure about that and i don't think they were so sure about that in 1987 they want to be contemporary they want to be contemporary in, in 97 with just us they thought that that was the way forward and uh, to be quite honest none of them really other than davy to an extent really liked the monkeys records they they all sort of like oh well that's you know it could have been so much better or you know if only we had done this or that you know as the artists themselves they had a hard time seeing the beauty of why the monkeys records are great the things that we love about them um, and also because collectively the four of them like on justice i mean they were more used to making records individually anyway so to get a consensus uh was always difficult so so good times was not necessarily all good times in the studio there was a lot of tension as far as feeling like is it is this really the right thing to be doing you know like why would we do a record that sounds like the monkeys? We're the monkeys. But they did. It made a lot of people happy. It was very successful. But it was it was difficult at the time. And luckily it just happened so fast, like the original monkeys records, that by the time it came out and people got to hear it, and then the monkeys saw the reaction, like, oh, it is good. Oh, they don't hate us, you know. So I can't explain to you Poolit. I mean, Poolit sold a lot of records. And Justice sold a, a, a decent amount of records too. Those two albums, to me, are not their best work, uh, quite honestly. 
they have some redeeming songs, a few songs I like on each one of them, but they're not wholly good albums. Yeah, like my favorite stuff off Pull It was definitely Peter's stuff in a lot of ways because it was more of its time, but in a, it almost had a goth new wave kind of a vibe to it. Yeah, yes, yeah. You know, which to me was a better thing than, and I always chalk moving in with Rico up to like, it would have been a killer uh, Miami Sound Machine with Gloria Estefan hit. It would have been a hit for them. You know what I mean? It could have been easily a hit for them. But I don't think it was what we necessarily thought we wanted. And I agree with you about Justice and Pullet. While I love them for what they are, I also wish that... Well, let me put it this way. I have this weird thing in an alternate universe where Peter Twerk and Davy Jones do South Central Rain by R.E.M. on Pullet. Yeah. So like you would have Peter do like the lead vocal on this and then Mickey or Davey doing that high part. I think it'd be awesome. Imagine that. Yeah. That's my weird <laughs> fan no, thing. There's lots of stuff like that. I get people contacting me all the time. Why can't you get, you know, Mickey to sing this? Why can't you? You know, it's like Mickey does what he wants to do when he does it. And and uh, it's certainly the monkeys were the same way. It, you know, it, some arm twisting. Uh, worked and and would have to save it up for one project or or another i mean we're just it's just a miracle that we got good times done while there were still three monkeys you know with us and uh, it, with the, with the don sings nesmith i thought that was probably mickey's best solo record of of all of them i mean even better than remember or king for a day you know and you know, it's just a shame mickey wasn't making albums in the early 70s because he was really on fire with some of the singles he was doing and this mm -hmm. REMEP, I'm so glad, you know, he's got such a beautiful voice, and I'm so glad he's he's out with uh, with that. And, um, you know, I'm hoping that we'll be able to um, have some more of his archival music come out in the future. Um, but, you know, first things first, like much like I had to get the films transferred first before I could get at the stuff for the book, <laughs> we have to do the book. And the book is really, really, really worthwhile. I, I'm just so pleased. And uh, I'm also pleased that the monkeys book is going to be back in people's hands that you know for the holidays if you want to do some gift giving or you never got it or you didn't think it was worth it but then you saw friends because it's like it's a 750 page book on the monkeys it's not it's, it's not a flyer it's not like a nft that i'm selling you for a hundred dollars it's like a weighty piece of history that uh you know that if you're a monkeys fan i i you know i, I think you'll really enjoy um Anyway, that's the story on the books. Well, while we're talking about the books for a second, I want to say that all editions of the book are only available from BeatlandBooks.com. There will be no retail or digital sales of this publication. You will not get it at Target. You will not get it at Amazon. Uh, you know, so if you're going to try to shop that, it's not going to work. <laughs> this is it. Right. And, and the best way to get the best price is to get in there 
while the pre-order is happening because once the pre-order ends a slight uptick in price so seriously folks get in on this it's printed at a very high quality uh the highest quality really and it's not a print on demand book like you see a lot of on um, amazon now nothing wrong with those it's enabled a lot of authors to get their works published themselves and i'm all for the diy method that's why i'm doing this I know there's a group of people who would prefer that I would do something that was inexpensive and accessible to everybody, like a digital version or uh, some sort of cut down cheap version of my book. However, you know, some of what I want to do is based upon the fact that when I did this original hardback edition, I gave one to Michael Nesmith before they were shipped out to people and we were on tour on the final tour together and he looked at it and he said, wow. You've really elevated the monkeys, the impact of the monkeys. It seems like we're like like the Beatles or some like real group, you know, some real thing. And I said, yeah, you are. This is it. He's like, but I mean, I never really felt that until I saw something like this, that it shows our whole history like this. And I said, that's the whole thing. That's why I didn't want to do the easiest thing. Uh, I, I wanted to do something that would be of more lasting value because I think the monkeys gave us all something that has lasted and in, and entertained us for you know nearly our whole lives and and um, and that's my goal is to preserve the monkeys legacy in a way that elevates it and, and makes it uh, more attractive in a way than it was originally. Uh, it's not a cash in. This is you know this is basically you know one fan sharing his love with. A bunch of other fans for everybody who i'm disappointing by not making a cheap flimsy version of it or a digital version this this was my choice i get it i might lose a few sales on that but i've made something of value and the resale value on these books has been amazing go on ebay look at the finished auction prices and see that this is a really worthwhile investment and the mickey book will be the same the hardbacks will never be made again like this if we get such intense demand that we have to make some more softbacks, we will, but it could be another couple year wait, you know, but quality is important and that's what's important to me. And, and the, the monkeys standing the test of time is really uh, my big goal in life. So um, that's, that's why I'm here and that's why I keep doing these things. And that's something you've always done and we appreciate you for it. Now, where's my Pisces Aquarius record? <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, there are people who want to know about that. So any uh, move in that direction or anything else? We have ongoing discussions with Rhino about it. It's ha not happening this year. Um, we've talked about also continuing and doing um, high-quality headquarters vinyl cut off of the analog tape. And that is in the works, but you know, I, I don't think you're going to be having to buy that this year too <laughs> so um, it's off into next year it's been a busy year mickey's got a few more shows i think for the fans out there they should know i mean he's really paring down his schedule he's looking at his life and, and sort of seeing like you know i don't know if i want to be out all the time touring we, we had a very successful tour in april and a lot of really good shows a lot of sellouts and stuff but you know some of these shows like once we're doing in california really could use more people buying the tickets and for everybody who said, well, when is he coming to California? You know, when we come to California, when is he coming to this place? And, oh, we were just there. Oh, yeah, well, I missed it. <laughs> so you can't judge everything by what people say on the Internet. But one thing is for sure, if you get a chance to see Mickey, you should. He's in fine voice. 
he's giving his all, but he's also winding down, doing less shows. So there's going to be fewer opportunities in the future to see him, I believe. And um, But he wants to make each one a really quality experience for people. So, so if you're looking for the good times, uh, get them while you can, folks, because we are all limited collectibles here. We, we got to make the most with what we got and where we are and what time we have left. This is it. This is not a dress rehearsal. One thing that I want to talk about, uh, Mickey, real quick, is I was reading in the press release where Mickey says about this book, Maybe in the back of my mind, I thought that someday I might stick everything into some sort of scrapbook. As far as the photos and the films, I never thought I would do anything with them either, except maybe show them to the grandkids. The editors of this book found stuff at the bottom of the boxes that I had no idea still existed. No one has been more surprised than myself with the rediscovery. I mention that because he mentions his grandkids. And we've been seeing some wonderful pictures of Mickey in the last couple of weeks. Uh, with his grandkids and it is amazing this guy that we've been able to peer at his life through all of our lives pretty much it's great to see this this is mickey's reward you know seriously and um, whether he needs to take the time or just wants to rest for a while he's definitely earned it he's given us you know just about all that anybody could give you know, he used to do that thing where he was pretend to be like James Brown and have to be drugged off the stage. That's Mickey. He's always been there for us, and he's always done what he could. And uh, this book is is a way to hold on to that. And uh, I'm glad that he'll be able to sit down with his grandkids and show them this. Yeah, there's a real incredible uh, family legacy, too, that you, you get in the early pages of the book, which is the work ethic that his father had. And and the work ethic that he gave to Mickey, I mean, Mickey talking about, you know, helping out at this um, after Circus Boy, he got a, a regular job sweeping up at a, at a auto place until they showed him how to change oil. And he said he was so proud of that job and so proud of honest work because that's what his dad taught him. It wasn't about show business. But he said uh, also in the in the introduction, you know, if his dad had been a lawyer, he would have gone into law. I mean, the only reason why he got on the stage or got into acting or doing anything just happened to be because his dad was uh, an actor, too. And his mom was a singer. And that was the family business. So they, you know, they gave him a shot to do it. And then, you know, he really loved music. So he was always doing music stuff. Uh, and then Coco being so musical, too. I mean, you see the growth with Coco, too. Uh, she's captured in the book significantly. And his his other two sisters, uh, Debbie and Gina, as well. So it's it's you, you see this thing, and then you understand a lot more where he came from in the monkeys mix and what he brought to the monkeys that element, which was of coming from a strong family. Whereas the other monkeys, you know, uh, Davy was you know did you know, his mother died quite young and, and just had his father, and and uh, you know Michael was raised by his mom, and you know Peter's family. Um, you know, did their best with him. and But they all had such interesting backgrounds that kind of um, informed what ultimately we saw on the screen and what we heard on the records and stuff. It's it's interesting. You get you get this part of Mickey that I don't think you got in his other previous biography, um, which was made for a very general audience. This is made for his fans. This, this book is really 
made for his fans and it's made for monkeys fans if you are not if mickey is not your favorite monkey um there's still hundreds of pictures of the other monkeys in it because he i gotta tell you he was mostly taking pictures of those guys and his pictures of mike and davy and peter are so cool because they're not looking at a photographer they're looking at mickey and so you see them a lot more relaxed and it's a lot the photos are a lot different than the ones that we've seen of them in other books wow well i'm definitely looking forward to this and uh, again this is only going to be directly available from beatlandbooks.com andrew th thank you for being on the show and um, we really appreciate you being part of it here with us and thank you for giving us this opportunity as usual well i'm so grateful to zilch too for uh, keeping the flag flying and all the stuff that happens online uh, people can be very dismissive of what they call it, fandom but you know we we're all fans <clears throat> we all need each other uh, and we need to get along um, you know, as you always say, love is understanding. I think somebody else said that earlier, but I think you say that quite a bit. And, um, and I think it's a good time to, uh, look at that as we veer into the end of the year and, you know, what we've done and what we haven't done and what we should do and be grateful. And I'm so grateful for all the monkeys fans and I'm grateful for the, the four guys who I got to know in my life and um and what a what an amazing journey it was with them so um you know thanks to everybody who listened and might um, consider picking up the monkey's book or mickey's book um i really hope that i have given you something that you you like oh you've already done that brother seriously <laughs> thank you but we we appreciate your continued work and again glad to be part of this with you and you have a show that you are doing with B. Bopalula. Let's tell folks about that. Yeah. So I'm doing um, B. Bopalula are doing a show the day before the uh, Ace Hotel show on the 21st at Molly Malone's. And I'm going to be uh, doing an opening set before they go on. So it'll be fun. Um, oh, wow. For all the monkeys fans that are local to L.A. Uh, or and, what, and when is that? That's on September the 21st at Molly Malone's. Uh, it's going to be Andrew Sandoval opening for Bebopalula. And I think that maybe Alex and Amin will sit in with me a little bit too. So that's my hope. Wow, I wish I could catch that. That sounds like a lot of fun. Love Bebopalula. Love Alex and Amin. And uh, it just sounds wonderful. So check yeah. that out if you are in the area. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure that we will have Glenn from 7A on to talk about Dolan Singh's R.E.M. Uh, I almost said Nesmith there out of old habit there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we will see you all on the next episode of Zilch. Yes. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. And, and I'm, I know you've been going through all kinds of stuff. And I just want you to know I'm thinking of you. Hope you're going to be okay. And I'm looking forward to you seeing the Mickey book, because I think it'll give you some enjoyment. And thank you for being here, and uh, say see ya, Andrew. See ya, Andrew. Hey, you did it that time. <laughs> well, we'll see you, brother. Okay, take care. You too. Bye-bye. And that's our show. Zilch is an online, nonprofit monkeys audio fanzine made by fans for fans. Any samples of music or interviews heard remain property of their owners. 
We are not related to the monkeys or any of their members past or present. We are not affiliated with Rhino or Ray Bird. If you hear anything you like from the band, go on Amazon or iTunes and buy it. If you enjoyed the show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm your announcer, Chelsea Epstein, saying always take some time to monkey around.